Welcome to Cinema Bushido. I am your host, Mr. Matthew Whitaker, and I am here, as always, with my um, my donkey from another monkey, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How you doing, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day's a holiday. How are you doing today? Oh, yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that. And hey, and you're sounding extra sultry. How are you doing? Like, how's... Yeah, I, I, uh, I hit puberty today. It was pretty uh, good. That's good. I can't that's wait. Hey, you're, listen, you got special stuff. You're going to get, like hairballs and stuff i don't know like not it's a like good a, thing i was wearing my boner pants yeah not, it was it was intense not like a kitty i'm talking about like actual hair on your balls oh okay good 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 to know, good to know. <laughs> well tonight is uh an epic night because we're not only talking about a really badass movie but we have a really badass motherfucker joining us to talk about a badass movie and that is mr hercules Mr. Herskules, how have you been doing, Ooh, my friend? Herskules, I do like it when it's said like that. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't do the Eddie Murphy thing, but yeah. Uh, who dude. can? Who wants to compete? Right. Let's, let's yeah. just let him have it. You know. <laughs> We're coming back after RoboCop, and RoboCop was fun as hell, and we had a lot to say about that, and it was a really like groundbreaking yet uh, breaking all the social norms kind of film. And then tonight we have something else. What do we have? Starship Troopers. <laughs> Shoot a nuke down a bug hole. You got a lot of dead bugs. <laughs> totally. Delightful film. Um, right in the line. I feel like, uh, you know, Robocop had a lot to say about, well, we, we talked at the time. It was the retelling of Christ. And now what we're doing is a bug war. And a bug war to end all bug wars. But before we begin, um, I have to say uh, we are a bunch of drunk idiots. So uh, I'll start with me because I happen to be talking. Uh, I'm doing a Pendleton, which I've never actually had before. And uh, I usually go for go to Lee for advice, but this is a Hood River bourbon. And Hood River's right in my neighborhood. Leroy Brown, what are you drinking? I'm uh, I'm doing the the ghost maneuver today. Ooh. I'm having the bullet ride, but I'm doing it in the baby bottle. Uh-huh. You know, I like that. The pint, moderation, the pint bottle, so you can only yeah, just drink a yeah. pint of it. Yeah, I can only drink a pint of it tonight. Yeah, all right. So well, it's nice. Well, Mister Hurst, what's on the agenda for you? Oh well, I came in a little unprepared last time, so this time I made sure I was set up with my go-to drink of choice, uh, a, a black spiced rum that goes by the name of the Kraken. That's a very delicious, tasty treat, and always mixed with my all-time favorite classic Coca-Cola. Let me ask you: when you put the when the Kraken and you put it with the Coke, do you actually say the 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 words? No, I think them though. <laughs> okay, but, as long as, uh, yeah, as long as I, I do. Every time I like open the bottle, it's got a real cool little double handled piratey looking bottle and stuff. So I'm always like, ah, you know, but <laughs> I just, I, but I keep it, I keep it to myself. I you build rat scurvy dogs. Right, exactly, exactly. Somebody, somebody sitting next to you, like a good friend, like uh, your buddy, the drunk spin. You just say, oh, absolutely. You whisper, I'm releasing the kraken. <laughs> <laughs> And he knows what it means. That whole little scene that you just painted is a perfect microcosm of our whole relationship, the drunksman and I. Hey, listen, I watch enough DVD Bunker, I can see it. You guys are are homies from another bronies, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the best kind you have to, that's the kind of person you have to do a show like that with. Yeah, 100%. Hey, that's how I found Mr. Uh, (laughs) Lee Van Cleef here, or Lee Vandercleef, as he's sometimes known when he's singing Dawson's Creek, which he does. Hey, no, that's a that's a that's an absolute lie. That's a role <laughs> reversal. He's projecting. So the 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 joke is that I I in my phone he's known as James Vanderbeek, and whenever I talk to him privately, I'm like, I, I quote a uh, there's a scene with Ving Rhames where he's watching Dawson's Creek in a hotel in the movie called The Goods, and he's like Dawson. He's like James Vanderbeek, Dawson's Creek, my nigga. So every time I see uh, Ghost or I talk to him on the phone, I'm always calling him Dawson's Creek. Nice. Yeah. I was never I was never a, a creep guy. I just uh, yeah, it was weird. It was for girls. <laughs> hey, I was a, but I did watch my so called life, but that was like it only lasted one season, so it was like this real tiny little Yeah. My favorite Vanderbeek was that uh, bitch in uh, room number twenty three or whatever. He was funny as fuck. 
At least for the one episode I watched it in. Uh, he's not bad in Rules of Attraction, although I would have to go back and watch that movie. Yeah. You know what? I think in real life he's probably a badass motherfucker. He, he, he seems like a pretty cool guy. He does. Like, he does. Sometimes you can tell by the projects that people do, like what their kind of sense of humor and stuff is behind the, you know, the parts they've played. And he seems like he's taken some, some interesting choices and such. Yeah, agreed. All right, well, tonight we are talking about Starship Troopers, as has already been uh, established. And we're oh, man, start... so excited. It's, oh, man, this is so great. We're starting with you, sir. I want to hear... What do you think about Starship Troopers? Um, I think I can easily say with confidence that this is the best of the Paul Verhoeven sci-fi trilogy that includes uh, RoboCop and Total Recall. I love all those movies. Those are three like great sci-fi classics, but... Uh, this one tops them all, hands down for me, as far as the messages in it, as far as the... I mean, this is a unheralded special effects masterpiece. Can we talk about for a second how well the special effects in this movie hold up? Oh, dude. It's 1997. It was crazy. The starships and all that shit. Oh, my God. Like, how much money do you think they had to pump into this movie in 1997 to get shit that looks like that? Because this stuff holds up, like... Uh, Jurassic Park or T2 or Independence Day, like, as well or better than those. I say better. Yeah, no, just gorgeous. Shit. Now, now you were saying you hadn't seen it since, like, like around the release? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw it in the theater in, like, uh, I think it was 97. And Don't worry, we'll edit that out. That's shameful. <laughs> yeah, we won't humiliate you by, by making you admit that to the public. Hey, listen, shameful. I'll let anyone who knows me that's listening to this and a lot of people maybe do but uh i i'm not a repeat watcher of a lot of things it's got to be something so like okay so i i've watched groundhog day like 80 times because every well, right at least on, once a year right yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm compelled to groundhog day yeah no like this if this made it i'm orthodox that's how i celebrate <laughs> yeah. yeah no me too like i it might be one of my favorite films of all time poltergeist i've seen poltergeist a hundred times or something like that but here's the thing you there's Starship Troopers, if it made itself more available, there's no way I'd turn it off, is my point. Like, I just happen to... It, I don't get it in the same kind of, like, regular rotation that I do some it of the other things. just find its way into, like, your cable TV watching right. the way a Shawshank Redemption yeah, does yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it should have, and it, yeah. You're, well, obviously it should right. Have. You should be embarrassed, but we'll move on with the show like like we can still pretend that wasn't a thing, and we'll just go on. <laughs> All right, Leroy, let's get your initial thoughts on Starship best, Troopers. Best 10 minutes in a movie ever. Like they say that the in, in uh, Starship Troopers, they say that your first 10 minutes have to set the tone, and in that first 10 minutes, it's, it's epic. And I, I, for me, the first part of the movie is probably my favorite part, but uh, the movie is so so well paced like it doesn't feel like a two-hour movie and uh it gets so much right i mean i can't i mean this is one of these movies that you try to pick apart you know i've seen it a million times i can find a couple things to laugh at but overall it's just i don't know how people could go through this world and not watch this movie at least once a year i just don't understand it let me challenge you on that because I disagree okay. with you. I think the beginning was the weakest. It was the whole high school experience mm. and you get all these 20-something-year-old actors pretending to be teenagers and there's football and there's who's in love with who and there's this, this all these problems. What happened to me with this film is I get past that and the first person I run into is Clancy fucking Brown. And I'm just Hell like, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, you're right about the high school stuff, but that's only half, they do a flashback, they jump back a year in time, and that's yeah. only, like, halfway of it, and the other half is boot camp, and that shit is the best part. Like, I'm sure you're gonna ask my favorite moment, I got something locked and loaded for I, It's coming, good. Yeah, so the Kurgan there, I'm like, oh my fucking god. First off, is he the greatest ever? Um, even before that, we had Michael Ironsides. Michael Ironsides is one of my most hated guys of the 80s because he was always such a piece of shit. And in this, he was fucking brilliant. I just love to see the guys when I When you hate. get the trifecta of uh, Paul Verhoeven badass manliness because Dean Norris pops in later yes! too. Yes! 
Hink. So, I mean, they, they're, like, checking off all their marks. And if we're talking cameos, I'm going to name drop Rue McClanahan, too, in one of my favorite post-Golden Girls, like, Rue McClanahan moments. Yes. Uh, yeah, where she's like, oh, they think it's just a buck, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she's that like was, that crazy scientist with, like, uh, the burned eyes. I just, but, I love that you just get think, all her backstory based on how she looks. I think there's so much in that first series that you, you're missing, Ghost. One is that, like, the the Radchek fucking political discourse is fucking epic. Like, that is brilliant. Like, when that guy says political force is force, like, when he says politics is force, like, that is the cornerstone of everything I believe in is that, you know, the modern politics are coercion. They're not voluntary. You're talking right? about the, the guy that uh, Rue was arguing with? That Rue? You mean Rico? No, no, just talk about Michael Ironside, that yeah. whole first uh, scene oh, where he's, kind of he's going talking, over the code of being a citizen and being yeah, a civilian. He's talking about civics, and it's brilliant. Like, and he and he gives us like this neocon fascistic wet dream, you know, and it's just brilliant. And then and then Rico, he's got he's got the the girl that like gives you heartburn every time you look at her, and then he's got the other girl that you're kind of compatible with. That just, you know, would just be really generous. Now, wait, I thankful. wanted to call bullshit on this. I actually think Dina Meyer is smoking hot in this, even the, by comparison to uh, Denise uh, Richards. Denise Richards is hey, untouchable. Brian, you, just, you just broke one of the uh, top six questions. The question was, oh. who's, who's hotter? He, he's got a thing for redheads. Is it, is it yeah. Diz or is it uh, Carmen? And it's, it's Diz. I think it, well, it's Diz too because she's the complete package. She's not only beautiful, but she's compatible. Like that's but the whole thing. When you that, break it down, Denise Richards actually sucks. Carmen sucks. She's terrible. Carmen but cheats he, on him. Humps that ugly fucking dork that gets. No, no. To be stuff. fair for Carmen, she does break she, up with him before she gets with Xander. Now she's flirting with Xander. She's being inappropriate, but she does break up with Johnny. She she makes a video, but then they have to send it through the mail. Is that a, guys, is that how that works? You guys missed the the setup. The setup is is that when you're young, there's always that point when you're young, and you got two different girls that you're talking to, and you got the one that's way hotter that you have nothing in common with, and the one that's not as hot, and and you always go for the nine times out of ten, you don't see with your heart, you see with your eyes because you're young. I learned from sitcoms, and I know it worked out for me, is that you just juggle both girls until it blows up in your face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, is, that not, is that not what you guys did? Yeah, I, I didn't juggle. I, uh, but I was just going to say, I mean, I think if you took a poll on that on the internet, I'd win. Hands yeah, down. but the internet's Denise, wrong about lots of things. Yeah, like uh, like how hot Denise Richards is. And, uh, she's not crazy. that hot. Even Dude, she's that. so hot. I think I, especially when you factor in the characters, if we're talking about Diz versus... I'm saying, I'm saying the actress is beautiful, and she is... I can see where physically, if you go with Denise Richards, but I'm saying if you factor in the characters, Ooh, I disagree. Go away. This is way better. She's not awesome. to mention. All right, Lee, you actually are really intuitive, and you know that I like redheads. So. <laughs> I know you do. I know. I know, dude. He's such a homer. Like you don't understand. Like I, I would have taken Dez over Denise for a personality too, but that's not the point. No. Point is he that he's, an 18, he's just grinding you. He's an 18 year old. He's an 18 year old kid, and 18 year old kids don't think like that. Maybe, maybe your past is a little bit oh, too far. And the Meyer but... and the dude who plays Xander are every bit of 29 years old in this movie. They are. And they are for this real. Is, this they is are. the oldest high school students. And I was cracking up. I was watching special features and they're talking about how they went out of their way to like find young actors. I'm like, what no, are you yeah. talking this about? The, it's the 90s. 90210 is like full of 30 year olds. They literally use the term Melrose Space in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Diz comes from 90210, I believe. Now, it, okay, now, can I, uh, I just want to say, this might make me a bad person, but I was so glad when Xander got killed. Oh, I was yeah, just like, sucks. fuck yeah, dude, you fucking, you cunt. I was just like. You should get killed just for that stupid fucking haircut alone. It's, oh, true, it's true. I hated him so much. Yeah, good, Like, good. he really I, hit me in my heart as But like, to be fair, you know, his job as being the dick is to act so like that and go after the girl. She eggs him on. She plays both sides. This is like I said, Carmen sucks. She's a terrible person. <laughs> exactly why I hate her. You just summed it up. She was the most two faced, two faced person. Like, he doesn't owe Johnny Rico anything. It's not his job to worry about Johnny Rico's feelings. He's allowed to go after any girl he wants. It's her job as Johnny's girlfriend to put that shit to bed and you know. But no, she eggs him on. She flirts. She's terrible, Brian. <laughs> 
Thank you. Okay, don't record this, but she's probably a Taurus in the in the scripting. It's getting recorded Taurus. because I'm not positive. Oh, anything. damn! But I wanted to tell you guys. All right, after all of these like callouts of all these people, and I, I don't, I know. Okay, this is just terrible. We went with the Dina Denise thing going on, but Doctor Horrible is in this film, and I didn't remember him being in it. And I, oh love yeah, Neil you, take, you shut your mouth when you're talking about uh, Doogie Howser, man. He's so smart. Doctor Horrible <laughs> was there, and he made me so happy because he's so fucking good. He's so awesome. He solved everything. He has an amazing arc in this movie. Actually, all the characters have a really good arc in this movie, but his is is really is one you don't see in a lot of movies where it's like somebody becomes a villain and it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Okay, so what was everybody's favorite scene? I'm gonna start with you. Uh, I don't call him Herskillies. I'm gonna call him C130. That's that's my nickname for him. I I don't C130. What's that mean? It's uh. It's a bird in the Air Force. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's the Hercules. It's the, oh, nice. It, I gotcha. All right. C-130. That's how I officially view him. So C-130. What, what was your favorite scene? I know what scene you're going to say. It's going to be my favorite scene. I already know it. You tell it to me, buddy. Okay. First of all, I want to say that's the coolest nickname anybody's ever given me. So thank you. And There's um, more to come, my friend. More to come. And I'm going to say, yeah, I think I teased it a little bit earlier, but... The, the boot camp scene, the introduction of Clancy Brown, but specifically the fight. The call-out fight, first where he breaks Breckenridge's arm, and yeah. then he shows up, and the fight with Diz is... Fu- this Dina Meyer is topless in this movie two times. Uh, she is sexier when she fights Clancy Brown than she is any of the time she takes her clothes off. It is incredible. It's so good. <laughs> I, think, I, think what you're, I think another another credit to her is that she sells it. She's like maybe a buck forty soaking wet, right. maybe on a good day, and he's like two twenty five, six two six three. And he's Kurgan, so he's yeah. like a man mountain. Yeah, and she's like, and it's she sells it, right? She sells it. Yeah, yeah, hundred fifty percent, all all the way. What about you, Ghost? Oh, this is so easy. Uh, my favorite part was where Diz showed her boobs. Mm, that was the second. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. That really was such a good scene because you know the, the 80s are over and the 90s and the 2000s came and now they 2010s and we don't see nearly as much boobs as we need to see and boobs are so important to a young man trying to grow in this world. Um, yeah, you know, I was watching. I watched that Ron Howard movie Rush, the one about the Formula One racing yep, that yep. nobody. I don't think anybody saw. I saw it. Yeah. Okay, it had some boobs in it, and I was really yeah. surprised. I was like, I didn't even realize. I was like, there's no way this movie's an R. Why would this movie be R-rated? It's about Formula One racing. Uh, Formula One's the shit, dude. It was some basic It just didn't boobs. seem like a thing that needed to be... I just was surprised, I, I mean, guess. imagine if you're a Formula One driver, like, all the cho-cho that you get every day. All right, so I, like... I love a lot of random scenes from this, but I'll tell you one in particular, which I thought was really cool... And it's because, of course, I love uh, the Kurgan slash Clancy Brown. Um, when uh, shithead uh, Johnny Rico was going to get his corporal punishment, he told him to bite the thing. He was like, oh, oh. yeah. He's like, and he said he kind of came up close and he said, do it like I know. Like he has had the same punishment yeah. because he's a badass motherfucker. And I just thought yeah. that was cool. And even though Johnny Rico could not manage to keep it in his mouth because he's looking for something else, but. It was yeah, a great well. scene. Hey, you shut your mouth when you're talking about the poor man's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Casper <laughs> <laughs> Van Dien. He's so is, handsome. He's he so is, awesome. He is, he is a ridiculously... I was thinking that, like, all the people in this... I mean, I know they did it on purpose. They they cast all these ridiculously attractive people to, like, you know... So it was, like, this subtle comment on selective breeding and stuff. But But I was like... Wow, man, there's a lot of good-looking people in this movie. Holy crap. And you're like... And then and then Casper Van Dien kind of acts a little bit. It's not terrible, but you can see why he never, like, broke out and became yeah. a big star. Like, why he was relegated to kind of smaller stuff. And that's fine. He's really yeah. great at this. And they said, too, that they specifically wrote the dialogue in this kind of, like, pseudo-50s style. So there's, like, some... There's, like kind of deliveries and lines that are purposeful. So I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, they knew what they were up to. Brian, you were on it. One, one major comment. I didn't have a lot of things to say about this film because it is what it is. One thing I said is that the entire thing um, feels and sounds and reads as a 50s, like, serial about 
what they thought sci-fi future bug war whatever it doesn't it does not at all feel like an 80s film except obviously it is an 80s film and it felt that way it's it's, well, it's like, a 90s film oh 90s, it's a 90s film. film but it's a it's a throwback to the 50s oh yeah well and i mean i think the like what really gives it that feel right off the bat is the way they use the the propaganda films to kind of yeah, give you exactly. the exposition. It's like their version of a newsreel, you know, obviously, but it gives it a real like kind of like vi- that vibe even though it's clearly set in the future. And the post-World War II era was the new world. You understand? Like the post-World War II era was a new world order, if I can use that phrase without scaring people. Like it was a new way of No, being no, I love wrestling. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, NWO. They are and, not uh, playing around with the Nazi stuff in this. I mean, there is so much well, Nazi I propaganda mean, stuff. But I mean, it, pretty diverse, they, though, right? For yeah, being exactly. a fascist society, like real, yeah, a lot of lot of like diversity in this well, group. I mean, I won't go into detail, but I mean, you can you can say that there was European fascism, which was shaped more by World War One, and what 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 came about in America. As uh, th- there were three New Deals, if you'll recall, not just the American New Deal. So, fascism came came to America too, in the form of state capitalism. So, it's not like it's it's not like you have to lose every bit of federalism or democracy, even and and constitutionality to have fascism. And I and it was interesting because it's almost like you had the Montesquieu version of fascism, where you had two different economies. You have the 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 military the military or the state control capitalism and the citizenry and the private capitalism so in that respect it, it kind of jived well with that it was I, I I mean there were so many nuances that we can't go into that were really brilliant on the political side of it but the uh, my favorite scene to to get back to the point was when uh, um, when he uh, when he's he's he finds out Buenos Aires has been attacked and he and he looks the major in his face he's like. All my family, everyone I know, is was in Buenos Aires, and Zim. And we all three love Zim. We're all homers, of course. And uh, and he's like, Rico, is that your signature? He's like, he stands at attention. He's like, sir, yes, sir. And and then the major turns away because the Zim looks at him in the eye like, hey man, there's some sergeantry going on right here. There's some sergeantry afoot. He's like, doesn't look like it to me. Twelve forty a ripped up illegally. Get the fuck back in your bunk, you know? It was just yeah. like, man, was hey, that, awesome. was, that was some NCO shit right there, right? You're just like, hey, man, fuck the law and fuck what's going on. This is this is how it's going to be. Well, and this it was is, just like, that was this brilliant. That little, was my favorite scene. I can, this segues a little bit into a couple things I just wanted to mention because he, there's some things in this movie that I, as a non-military person and basically a young, too young to even have been a military person when I first saw this, was kind of like some ideas I was kind of introduced to in this movie. Um, one was like the idea of the battlefield promotion, you know, like as Johnny Rico moves up the ranks because he keeps surviving and other people keep dying. Like, so I I thought that was, that was like a great little idea that I had no idea about, you know, ever being a thing. And then, um, the other one was the idea, uh, the other thing that I had kind of never been introduced to before this movie was the idea of line of fire, like something in war movies yeah. you don't hear yes. talking about. And I was like, Oh Angus. wow, that's so great. And it's such a great scene then where Breckenridge gets his head blown off too. Oh, that was so yeah. Like Michael where, like why the fuck would you stop him? Like right in the line of fire. I was like, what the fuck have they been teaching these kids? As well? Right. But she actually you know, says, like, she's like Breckenridge, clear my line of fire. You know, I was like, uh, Oh yeah, that's such a great, yeah. it's something you never see him talk about in war films, or maybe I just didn't watch the right ones either way. Same thing with me. I learned it by playing video games. Line of Fire. Like, you get people in front of you, and, you know, Lee has definitely yeah. taught me that a thousand times. Like, this is your area of, like, um, you responsibility. know. Responsibility. Responsibility, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, you don't stand behind somebody and try to, like, shoot through their head. Like, it's, and that yeah. was, like, this time watching it, like, I was, like, holy shit. Like, that guy should have had his head blown off because he was a fucking idiot. Like, just standing there, oh, my, my helmet's in my way. It's like, fucking fall back then, you moron, you know? A little uh, little interesting tidbit just off the top here. Uh, the guy who gets his head blown off and the girl who actually shoots him ended up getting married. I don't know if they're still married today, but they did. They got married. 
those would be some beautiful babies. You are right? full of all of the uh, inside yeah. knowledge, the commentary. The trivia, you know, I probably took twice as many notes for this appearance as I do for my own show every week. So, <laughs> well, keep them coming. I want you guys to know I take this shit very craft. seriously. Yeah. Well, and I, I think they talk a little bit about on some of the special features I was watching to bone up for my appearance here because I do my homework. Um, but just the like kind of ideas that that a movie can't work ironically or at least it couldn't in the late 90s but i think now like we're kind of in a society that would be primed for a movie that was ironically talking about fascism right which is kind of what this movie was trying to do <laughs> the thing is is that when they when they, they there are people in our country today who want mandatory military service I mean, and they're very powerful people who want that kind of thing. And they, and what this movie tries to do, in a sense, is show you that, you know, it's not all fucking dancing around and banging hookers and drinking whiskey. It's, it's real. You know, uh, wait, I mean, wait. When you're, you mean it's not all glow in the dark fiddles? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's like it's like people die, people get hurt. You know, like no, I actually I, think that this movie is really great. About this was like before I saw a lot more. Like I said, a lot more war movies. This is one of the first movies I ever thought really showed the horror of what war could be. I mean, they used these big giant monsters to do it, but the violence is really graphic in it and really like yeah, deliberate. It's so delicious. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. and well, I mean, just amazing. There's some amazing gore effects and like dummies with these really crazy wounds where like parts of their heads are scooped out and shit like that. It's 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 nuts. I threw out. I think that was the point, right? Like, you know, Mister Verhoeven, he um, he was like he was trying to say something, and he he didn't make it too far. He did this. He did Total Recall. Um, he did oh that shitty fucking stripper film, and then he disappeared. Yeah. Hollow like, Man. Hollow Man, right? Then he disappeared for like a decade. Like he he had all these ideas, and this one is full of his ideas. He was definitely about Nazi Germany. It was definitely about World War Two. It was definitely about like. Uh, well, he grew up. I mean, that's like his childhood. Yeah, like, you know, he saw yeah. all that shit. That's his whole deal. So uh, you know, he has a PhD in mathematics. Is that crazy or what? I believe it. I believe it. I mean, and it makes sense. These films, Smart dude, these right? two. All I'm talking about is RoboCop and this one. They're very similar in style, and they're very similar in some kind of uh, message of the future is going to be fucking shitty if we don't do, <laughs> if we don't do something, right? Yeah, like he that's did... a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like, I don't believe in democracy. I don't care if anyone judges me for that. I can argue that to the to my to my dying day. But the thing is, is that like I don't believe in state control of everything which is basically what we're looking at in this movie and in the 80s robocop we're looking at quote privatization unquote of law enforcement where the government writes the checks and corporations do whatever the fuck they want which is well then total recall is about corporate control too like right that's the whole i was just gonna say that total recall thank you exactly so i mean (laughs) bring it home herskillies we get it all dirty, right? C one thirty. We get we get it dirty, right? Is what is he really saying to us? Is he saying that like is he saying like the Jeffersonian liberty has to be fought every generation, or what is he saying to us? I I don't think I'm smart enough to answer that. I think Paul Verhoeven's too clever for me, like because I know he took things from the book, but this isn't a direct adaptation of the book either. Yeah. Like, in the book, there's really strict derision between men and women and, like, their house separately. And he took all that away and made everyone equal and did this whole thing. You know, like, that's what the whole... Although it's getting some sweet teat meat in the movie, too. But it's also about showing the equality of the soldiers and how everybody's on a level playing field, man and woman. And I thought that was... A, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. It was very good. It was a good good call. I read that um, Paul Verhoeven, Verhoeven um, he only read, like, two chapters of the original <laughs> book and he threw it out and he just went to town. But that said, I think we're on to something and I just wanted to talk about it for a second. And I'm, I want to start with you, Brian, but um, going with this, we have Robocop followed by Starship followed by uh, Total Recall. Those are the three. And all three, I would imagine they're in the same universe in one way or the other. Um, 
what do you think? Like, we're talking about, well, we, we joked, and there's something to it, because actually, Paul Verhoeven said, um, the story of Robocop was the story of the birth of Christ. So then we get into <laughs> major warfare, and we're doing uh, Starship Troopers. We eventually get to... The That's like ul- the Crusades, right? Yeah, Starship. right, right, right. And then you get to the ultimate of the lazy imagination of Total Recall, that the whole thing was probably in one big Austrian's brain and Mars was always doing just fine. What do you think? Give me, give me a rundown on that. Oh man, I don't even know where to start. I definitely think though you're onto something as far as I think the total recall and Starship Troopers could be in a similar, like you could see when he's having breakfast with Sharon Stone, that just being in a different city than Buenos Aires, but you know, same, you know, same time frame, same, you know, same type of uh, world. So, uh, you know, because they talk about what is what do they say? Something about crews off the isn't his parents aren't uh, what's his name? Johnny he's Rico's parents going to send him on a cruise before they pay for him to go to Harvard. They him a beach. beach. I'm just saying, I, I don't I don't know where Jesus Robocop fits into that. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it because he was born again? That the <laughs> war happened, and then the fascists. And like, is that where that progresses? You're Does Frankenstein. You a new you're, Frankenstein your Frankenstein philosophy had a better. The Frankenstein angle had a better angle than the Jesus angle. Let's be honest. It's true. I think you're right. I think I nailed it with no, that. No, no, no. I don't think. It, I, I think it's partial. Like it's kind of like it's more Frankenstein than Jesus or Joseph Ben Yeshua. It's it's definitely more Frankenstein than that. I mean. There's I a different agree. element, but it's. I, mean, I think the Frankenstein angle way hammers it better than the, you know. I mean, I get that that's what they were going I for. I get but that they Paul Verhoeven wants it to be yeah, Jesus, yeah. but it's Frankenstein. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, C-130. Go, go on. What were you saying? I didn't mean to interrupt. I apologize. No, I don't think you did interrupt. I think you were came in on the end of me just rambling. <laughs> no, yeah, no. And I was going to ask you, Lee, the same thing. Well, I would say in this particular situation, I believe RoboCop would be a hundred years earlier than both Starship Troopers. I would say probably even more than that. Yeah, that's clearly the way we're way earlier than that, because we're in interstellar travel at that point, right? Right. And I would say Robocop's kind of like the near future. What, you know, what year is Robocop? 2010, you know? 2020. Even then, it's very bad, because their haircuts are all poor. Yeah, we have 200 years before we get to the next stuff, so I do think it's all the same universe. I, I yeah. would doubt that. I, I, here's why I would doubt that. I feel that uh, Starship Troopers is just kind of, it's just a different feel. Like, you know, I mean. It doesn't have that same dirtiness that Total Recall does, but yeah, that's also totally. a different, that's because Mars is a slum, too. We yeah. don't see much of the world that, you know, we don't see much of the regular world. But, but what year was Total Recall in? I don't remember. I haven't seen that in, like, probably 10 years. Well, that's good. You're going to see it because we're going to be do- you're going to bring me back for the trilogy episode. Yeah, we well, are. We're it's coming. Coming. But but we got to we got to we got to do we got to do, do another RNA before we do Total Recall. That's that's shameful. Oh, I don't know. I think we we need to finish the uh Verhoeven uh trilogy. But we got to do Predator or something before that. We can't we can't do Total Recall as the first argument. Well, no, mate. You start with Total Recall, and then you work up to Terminator or Predator. You gotta, you gotta go hard, man. I go hard in the paint. You can use, my, you can use the Total Recall episode to segue into your month of Arnold episodes. Hey, can anybody here do the <laughs> get in the chopper quote? No, I, I okay. My jo- my Deutsch is shit, man. I, get into the chopper. He's Austrian. He's yeah. Austrian, just like yeah. Pavel. Yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be yeah. Brian. I'm not much on impressions. Get into the chopper. Yeah, yeah, there we go. go. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you both did a pretty good job. You both did a pretty good job. All right. Okay, so, so let me ask you a question. Please. Well, let me ask you guys a question. Outside of the fact that we have satire and the fact that uh, clearly Paul Verhoeven has a, has a genuine intelligence about firearms and he likes to modify them he modified the ruger for that main gun that they use and he put a fucking shotgun on it which is awesome i wanted to ask what what do you think is the similarity between this movie and robocop so far what is like outside of the satire and his ability to adjust weapons what is the main what is another uh what is another uh 
key that is for you that 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 shows you that this is the fingerprint or the footprint of Paul Verhoeven? I'm gonna start with you there, C130. I mean, on a on a base level, just amazing practical violence. Is that? <laughs> yeah, that's hot. It's very hot. That's- I mean, he there's some. Like I said, he takes his gore effects to the next level in this one, I think. I think they blow Robocop out of the water at, at some of the points. Like, you see some people getting ripped apart. The bodies laying around when they go to that fort. I mean, there's some just really just gruesome brutality in this movie. When that bitch gets taken out by the door, when the ship's getting taken out, I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah, cut in half, bitch. Discount Kate Mulgrew, right? <laughs> the captain? Yeah, exactly. She has the best... Oh, my God. Does she have the best death line? She has. She literally does the... Get out of here! That's an or. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ghost? What do you What do you think? What's that? Let's just set them side by side. There's the part where um, Peter Weller is getting shot with the shotguns, and they blow off his hand and shit. I feel like that. And picture this director. It was almost the same thing when um, Shitty Meathead took his helmet off and got blown. To shit, which got... I thought you were going to talk about when uh, Jake Busey got the knife in his hand, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a great scene. It that was, was a great my scene. My favorite... Put your hand on that wall! <laughs> yeah. I hate to be um, lame, but my favorite scene was maybe when um, Diz um, is hiding under the, <laughs> the... You know, the covers, and... Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Michael Ironside comes just, in, and he's yeah. like... 10 minutes and then he's like who's under there and he's like 20 minutes i'm just maybe i'm really sad in my life right now you're just an old softy which i am i am just kind of sad in my life that was my favorite scene i just like you kids you get <laughs> you, you crazy kids you kids just go do well, it you were happy because that's Diz's big moment. Like, yeah. she fulfills her whole destiny in the movie. Her whole dream is just to bang Johnny Rico, which, I mean, I don't know what that says for her as a character. That's probably not a great, you know, life aspiration. But she does achieve it, to be fair. She gets what she wants, and it's something she wanted. And then she gets to die a heroic death. I mean, but, but it was, I mean, maybe I'm getting too old. The estrogen start to flow a little bit, but I, uh, when she died, I kind of teared up a little bit. I was like, "Oh, oh, that's a yeah, that's a yes. terrible, terrible." If that's your first time seeing this, that's a horrific moment. She was because she good. has that big cheer. She's like, I, she's like, I got that. you, and it's just like, ah, yeah. If a woman oh, could die for me like that, she turns around and gets stabbed a bunch of times. I thought oh, that's that like a really like shocking because you know uh, she has that big like win and she gets to like blow up the the big bug with her grenade and she's all happy and then she gets stabbed like four or five oh, times. See, and I'm like, where's her fucking car- cover fire? There's like ten barrels pointing behind her. No one's shooting at anything coming next to her. Bullshit. But no, I was thinking like when she's coughing up blood, she's dying from all the trauma. Oh, I got to have you, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, oh man, if a woman did that for me, I'd be fucked for life. How about you, Ghost? Would you be fucked for life for that? Well, I was telling you guys earlier, um, the shithead who had always been trying to get on the girl that wasn't um, good enough for Rico. Um, Diz? Yeah. No, no, Diz was the one that was... Diz was ready. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Carmen. You're talking... Oh, yeah, he's, about, yeah okay. You're, so, you're talking about the person who's actually a terrible person. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Not Carmen's the way the, the movie boy, posits that. Carmen's boyfriend, when he when gets... When he dies. When he gets the, the, the skewer in the head, it may have been one of the funnest scenes of the whole film. Yeah. And then like, they kind of suck his head down to, like, a husk. Yeah. He's all... He, he, like, caves it in. He sucks it apart. And they didn't shy away from it. That's what I like about it. He's like, they show the effects of that. Exactly. And you're like, fuck yeah, that's real. That happened. When Diz, Diz died, I was pretty sad. I really was. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd rather have uh, Rico die than Diz. You shut your mouth, dude. Rico. I think that's, that's something that movies nowadays don't have the balls to do. Like, uh, you wouldn't, you'd never see an Avengers movie where, the main, where one of the three main characters gets murdered in the third act. You know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. happen. They might introduce a bullshit character that you know is not going to live, but it's not like at the end of Civil War, I thought Captain America or Iron Man might die. <laughs> Ramirez. Highlander? Come on. He was the greatest fucking he guy was. of he all time. Who kills, stole the show. Who kills Sean Connery? 
But the thing is, is that that's what makes the emo- those movies more emotionally right. intense. We don't do that anymore. Everyone lives. Everyone lives. Right. No, because they're all commercial products. They're you don't even. Products. They don't even stay mad at each other through the end of the movie. You can spend the whole movie fighting with each other, and by the end, everybody's best buddies again. Hey, remember ten minutes ago when the first time we met each other, you tried to murder me? I'm at your funeral now because we are in love with each other for some reason. Yeah. God damn it, Batman! You should have killed Superman. <laughs> He should have. Batman should have murdered him. Oh, the end of that movie is so great. You just go, he goes, Martha. It's like, oh, your mom's name is Martha? That's a weird coincidence. Stab, 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 stab. (laughs) That would have been epic. That would have been so epic. It happens to me all the time. Just the other day, I was in this alley, and I was beating to death this person that had offended me. And he said, Natalie Portman. And I said, you like him too? And I lifted him (laughs) up with my arms, and I held him in the air, and I hugged him. And I said, we both love Natalie Portman. When that movie started with little (laughs) Bruce Wayne getting lifted up by a cloud of bats, I should have walked up to the screen and thrown my beer on it (laughs) and then left. Yes. It's a fucking... I wouldn't have seen that movie in the theaters, but, like, the girl that I was fucking at the time was like, we gotta go see it. And I was like, I told news girl, I was like, I know it's gonna be bad, it's DC. And she was like, no, we gotta go see it. And when when they showed that, I was like... I just looked at her and I just wanted to punch her in the jaw for a minute. I was just like, "You fucking bitch! I'm not even tripping on acid. This is dumb." Okay, that's a this little, so it's a little dark. Starship Troopers, one one of the best movies we've ever reviewed. Go watch it right now, legally or illegally. You need to make that happen. It's a beautiful movie. Uh, it's 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 lightning in a bottle. It's one of those movies where you know it it touched a generation of people who are ghost age. And, uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Go see it right now. I bet you, you know, $10, pesos, yen, whatever, you'll love that movie. You'll come out of there charged. This movie, it did not make a huge impression on me at any time, but if you sit down and you take it seriously and you watch this flick, it's pretty freaking badass. It has some of the best freaking characters, some of the best actors of the time. It's it's definitely uh, really going all out to hit home the fact that uh, the militarization of society is a very sad thing. And, well, that said, if we're ever attacked by bugs, I hope that's exactly what happens. Mr. Hurst? Well, if you, like, if you, especially if you look at this through the lens of, like, this movie is to kind of be sci-fi of the 50s, what Indiana Jones is to the serials of the 40s. You've got, like, overly kind of, like, almost caricatures of characters, but they're all really good, really well-defined. Um, the, the, the cast, in general, not so much the main cast, who I like and everything, are serviceable, but like I said, they're mostly TV actors, and that's kind of why that's where they all ended up. But the supporting cast, we were talking about Ironside, Clancy Brown, Dean Norris, you know, uh, Rue McClanahan, Discount Kate Mulgrew, all amazing. Uh, (laughs) Holds up as a pillar of 90s CGI. In a time post-Jurassic Park and post-T2, when every movie thought they could do whatever they wanted with CGI, and you had movies like Lost in Space coming out, and like, there's just so much garbage Big budget garbage, too. This movie, whatever money they used, they used it well. I mean, to the point where, like I said, watching it today, I still... I mean, yeah, there's things that I notice that are CGI, but there's also choices they make. Yeah. Like, uh, when Johnny Rico's riding around on the back of that uh, that big bug, you know, and he throws the grenade in it and blows the thing up and kind of becomes the big, you know, he impresses Ratchek finally. You can see there's a couple shots where they use a little CGI guy on the back of that bug, but it's not like in Blade 2 where he's a rubber man, he's all, you know, bouncing around and stretchy and gumby. It looks really good for as long as they need it to look good, and they know when to use it and how long to use it, and it's just so... I mean, for those reasons alone, Let a, and then just the fact that it's an amazingly fun action movie and it has all those great tropes of the 80s and 90s that we love and are kind of lacking the reason like people don't get the same charge out of action films that they used to is because they don't make action films like this anymore so yeah it's pretty amazing like i said if you love robocop and you love total recall and you haven't like really embraced this movie you're missing out you're you know what i mean you're 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 doing yourself a disservice 
that was me. I liked those two movies a lot, and I never really... This was like a, a 50s bug-killing kind of, you know, shoot 'em up movie. I want to throw this out. You know what else came out in 97? Mm. Titanic. Titanic beat the special effects. They got the special effects Oscar. Starship Troopers was up for it, and Titanic won it. Yeah, ready for the next one? The Fifth Element. Oh, oh god, that was a good movie too. That's I, I feel maybe like, there just wasn't room in the marketplace for two sci-fi but, epics that yeah, year. I, mean, I, feel, I, like, mean, I t- feel like I didn't focus on Starship because I was so focused on the Fifth Element. But but Titanic, like they literally went to Mexico and built millions of dollars worth of sets, you know, for billions of pesos. Well, I'll tell you what. I remember when Starship Troopers was coming out in the theater, and I remember the trailers and thinking, "This movie looks kind of cool. This looks kind of this looks awesome. This looks pretty great." And then the the name was Starship Troopers, and I was like, "What a dumb fucking name!" Nah, and that awesome. probably it had a terrible and that cover. Probably actually kept me from seeing it in the theater. I know I never guys, saw it came to video. You guys, I saw this in the theater, and it had Blur Song Two as the trailer. What else yeah. did you need to know? Blur Song the 2 song. is not in the film, though. They don't use it in the movie. Yeah, but it was in the trailer. Who cares? It was awesome. I was like, yes. It was in every trailer. <laughs> it was awesome. Are you ready for the end of 87? I'm sorry, 97? Pause yourselves for just a second. I'm going to give you... I gave you Fifth Element. Also, Wait, can this... I try to guess the end of 97? Well, I have a lot, but go ahead and give me... Oh, okay. Name. No, go ahead. I thought it was going to be... No. Like one big release that I could kind of nail down. They kind of are, but all right. Next one, Men in Black original 97 it was okay kind of over, over LA, the la confidential which i could give a shit about get this i fa- like la confidential sure i've face, seen la confidential face off 97 oh that was my phasies i love face off <laughs> child woo I'm gonna what are you talking face. about you know how many squids oh. they use in that seven minute pantow scene a gajillion <laughs> okay. a gajillion what are you talking about goodwill hunting face off. air force uh. one boogie nights devil's advocate Gattaca. Oh my god, that was god, there's so many good ones. What? Air Force One and Devil's Advocate, special honorable Devil's mission. Right, like what the fuck? Like we we're we're meant to um, consume our lives with Starship Troopers when we have Air Force One, Boogie Nights, Devil's Advocate, Gattaca. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying that I don't understand how it got missed, but I'm saying now that you've been introdu- introduced, there's no excuse anymore. Now you have to start watching it as regularly as other Paul Verhoeven movies. The late 90s was a great time for movies. The 90s in general, actually, was a pretty great time for, yeah. for movies. Well, it was kind of like they nerfed a lot of stuff, though. It's kind of like we lose the grit of the 80s. And we get the corporatism of the nineties, you know. Right, the, but the big budget blockbusters were better because they still good. had some of it. Like the leftover shit from the eighties was still there, you know. So, <laughs> it's totally movies. gone now. Yeah, yeah. Like the irony, you know, it's like sad that like they can't even make a crowd scene anymore. They don't. Directors said they don't even know how to shoot crowd scenes compared to what they did in the eighties. It's like, dude, it's like the the art of filmmaking is dying. It's so sad. And, like, there's no such thing as, like, models and camera work and timing. Like, that's dead. Like, the the reason why T2 was so awesome is because you get CGI and you get models. You get, you get like, fucking models and it's all timed out. Like, I feel like that's kind of what Force Awakens kind of came back to a little bit. You know, a little bit more mixing practical effects and special effects. You know, they're they're kind of leaning a little back the other way now. It was all CGI for like a decade. And now they've slowly started to reel it back and they realize that it's more about practical effects enhanced by CGI. That's what works the best. And uh, so I'm excited about it. It looks everything, man, some stuff looks amazing. Here we go. We're going to do our top six. So we had our final thoughts, which became this entire fucking thing we had going on this is gonna be fun it's a lot of work for me but i don't mind you made a mistake because you gave me like three or four minutes to think about my final thoughts you should have really pressed me and then i wouldn't have been then i got all talky that's okay i love talking about movies i know you do too (laughs) it's like my favorite thing in the world so absolutely that's why we're here baby all right 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 now what we're doing is we're about to switch gears it's time for our top six uh, as always, we start our top six with our guest. That is uh, tonight, Mr. Herskillis, uh Brian Hurst. Brian, what year was this movie, Starship Troopers, set in? Here he knows. Come on. Here I, I really don't. I think maybe it's like 2154 or something oh, like lying. that. He's lying. <laughs> no, I really, you know what? I never really paid that close attention. It's more like 2300s. I, I don't know. 
Let me just throw, throw the actual answer is twenty one ninety seven, and I oh, feel like close, I feel right? like twenty one fifty three is close enough to it that you get the point. It's only forty years. I mean, Do you yeah. give half points. I'll take a half. No, no, no. And I think that's we don't clear. Like if you would have said like twenty seven, nah, we got it. You got you got a point. All right. This next one is for Lee Van Cleef. Hey Lee, there were two characters in this movie that were from. Uh, different uh, Highlander movies as villains. Can you name the two people that were villains from Highlander? Zim, Zim a.k.a. Clancy Brown. Yeah, he's, he's so handsome. Yeah. And number two? And, what a chin on that guy, am I right? Woo! Yeah, he's a, he's a big... He, he was the best boot camp instructor ever of all time. Sorry, also the best... Le- hey, sidebar, best Lex Luthor. Also. Yeah. All right. Ooh, true story. So who's the number two? I'm going to say the major. (laughs) Who who is that? I don't know. The major in the boot camp. I don't know his name. Can I steal? Well, (laughs) no. This one's for him. No. I don't know. I have no idea. I actually know this one. (laughs) Yeah, he knows this one. Can I call a friend? See what there is. No. All right. So you you fail. I fail. The other guy uh, was Michael Ironsides. Yeah. Oh, uh, Michael Ironsides was a bad guy, and uh, I don't remember him in. in nah, Island. he was in Highlander, Highlander two. Two, yeah. Oh, I, oh, that's a movie I don't recognize because Ghost uh, told me not to. No, good. you should never ever watch that film if you haven't. All it'll do. Yeah, because is... because it, it said that they were from another planet. That they were. Sounded like a the... one of those things where it ruins the original movie. It, yeah. It's like no, they weren't just like immortals and stuff. They were also alien bugs. Yeah. Good good. I don't want them to be alien bugs. Each other's Michael Ironsides, you have no soul because you were in that movie. Okay, so let me see. I have one, two. I feel like this was three, four, five. Hold on. Making sure I have enough. He's so drunk. I've never seen him count out the questions. <laughs> I am. Okay. Um, <laughs> Michael Ironsides was also... Have you been eating? This, this one... No, I haven't eaten in like... I have this effect on people. I do this to friends of mine all the time where like when I get together with people and we drink, I, whoever I'm with always drinks more than they usually do. <laughs> did you see my the Beer Fest episode of DVD Bunker where we outlined... Uh, I did. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it was good functional episode. alcoholism for the yeah. kids out there. That was really I laid good. it all out right that at the very really beginning, good. all about functional alcoholism. No, no, I watched that and I agree. But here's your <laughs> question um, on this podcast. Uh, so Michael, Michael, <laughs> I, Michael, okay. Iron, Michael, Iron, Michael Ironsides was also a bad guy in another Verhoeven film. Oh, this one's too easy. Total Recall. Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. sorry. He was awesome in that one. As Sidebar, as Dean Second. Norris, also in Total Recall. He's one of the yeah, mutants exactly. on Mars. Exactly. With the guy with the with weird the vagina face. Lady. The triple titty lady. What are you talking about? Triple titty. He should have played her, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been hot, too. Are you guys uh, saying that uh, Dean Norris got to hang out with the triple boob lady? Absolutely. I mean, they were both mutants in the same I'm bar. Probably, I'm sure he titty fucked her, like, Eight ways from Sunday, you know. Well, did, like, do you think he had? Well, now this is a p- interesting question because to titty fuck her, don't you need two dicks? Do you think he had two dicks? No, I think he. I think I think he told her to keep one set of titties out for him, for when he was coming back around. You know, <laughs> he was switching back and forth. Yeah, between I, I feel like he was like right. He was like left, right, left, right. I feel <laughs> like he had a cadence to it. This next one is for Lee. Lee, uh, I'm doing some. Um, Rotten Tomato stuff here. Uh, I have no idea what I'm... that means. That's good. Okay, fine. I'll put that one to uh, Brian Hurst. Uh, this one is for <laughs> you. This film Sorry. was originally going to be a script for a very popular movie. <laughs> and then... No, listen. listen, listen I'm, not done. I'm not done. Think of this. This <laughs> was going to be a script of a popular... A sequel to a movie. And then... Uh, Paul Verhoeven got rights to it, and he kind of fucked up what they were trying to do. So there's a very popular movie. I'm going to say Alien just because I have no fucking clue. You actually got it. I yeah! Hope... Oh, boom shakalaka! I hope I didn't make that too easy. I don't feel like I did, but yeah. No, I was like, well, what, if, what would be in the future? But the thing is, is that the Alien movie is actually coherent, right? 
Well, that reminds me, though, there are some really specific references to not just aliens, because they have the whole dropship sequence that's just like aliens. But then there's, you have uh, Casper Van Dien in the back to tank, just like Luke. And then Diz's whole funeral is just like Spock. So they hit, like, some major franchise, like, they, they drop some major homage in this movie. Fuck your copyright. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Paul Verhoeven. I do what I want. <laughs> Deutschland. <laughs> he got naked. He got naked in that scene with uh, in the shower. All the actors were all nervous, and he was like, "What's the big deal, Americans?" And Dina Meyer was like, "Oh, if it's not such a big deal, why don't you?" And he dropped trowel and let his sixty-year-old naked balls hang out. That's pretty awesome. And t- <laughs> every time you say Dina Meyer, I get happy. <laughs> all right, so I don't know where I mean, we're it's at. Hard. So we started. We're, we're with... It's two to one, and you're on the. The are, fifth you, question. are you guys sure it's two to one? Yeah, it's two to one right yeah. now. Who's got, who's got the two? I've do got you have two. to ask? Do you have to really have to ask? Okay. Don't be a cut. Two to one. All right, so who is the next question for? It's for Brian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Brian, I actually have the uh, – poorly had never heard of Rotten Tomatoes. So um, this is not going to be a crazy question, but uh, there are four movies – no, three movies I'm going to put up here. Total Recall, Robocop, Starship Troopers. Um, Let me ask first, which one you think had the most uh, ripe score? Of those three? Total Recall, Robocop. Probably Robocop. I'm going to go with Robocop. Okay. And Uh, you've got it. You've got it. So I'm going to follow up the question. You have the half point. Actually, you probably have the whole point. But I'm just going to ask. He has a point right there. You you just gave he just got the question right. He did, but I I have a follow up. Which one got the lowest? Probably Starship Troopers. Bam! Yeah, that's like a yeah, solid. Yeah, because it didn't point. have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. It's a solid. Well, yeah, point. exactly. It's just one of those things where it didn't do great. It didn't have any big stars, so it probably didn't get a lot of love from critics. And wouldn't you prefer Which is crazy. to get the solid point over getting the partial point? Oh sure, I always like getting all the points. You just won. All right, so. Um, yes, uh, so that was one, two, three, four, five. Number six, this one is going to Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> yeah. Hold, just, on, did you, hold just, on, let me put you, let me let you put you back on your shoes so you can be done counting here. Actually, you will never get this one right, so, um, and that one, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this one out there, and I'll let Brian Steele. We'll see if either of you can pull this off. It's really a hard question. I did this all wrong. Anyway. I know this shouldn't make me laugh to listen to that, but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, this is a really hard one. The design of the bugs are a slightly edited version of a design from another altogether different series Not have that doesn't have anything to do with Paul Verhoeven or Starship Troopers. But it was a popular thing at the time of, you know, I'm going to say uh, the Twilight Zone, the bugs that come out of the sand. I like that. Um, Wrong, of course, naturally. Yeah, of course. What do you think, Brian? Is it Dune? Are you close. Tremors 2. After Tremors. Oh! Because oh. they had to about Tremors, Tremors in that one, didn't they, with the feet? Yeah, yeah. They had to go and ruin Tremors by making a sequel. And they're not called Tremors, they're called Graboids, damn it. So I had two other questions. One was, who was hotter, um, Dez or the other chick? It was obviously Dez. Obviously, you need to have your vision checked, but that's okay. Put that one down the middle. No, I don't think so. You pull that. You pull that out. I did. But I think, to be fair, you're biased. I think it's – so you got to take yourself out of the running, and it comes down to me and Lee, and we're split. And but mean, I think he's, and that, he's got, a, yeah, he's got the redhead fetish. But I mean, like, I mean, like, we all want to do Des his personality. But the thing is, is that like he's an eighteen-year-old kid. No kid ever gives a fuck what a girl has to say. But I, I want to like, I think she is hot enough to to be in contention on hotness alone too. Yeah, nah. yeah, hundred percent. Hercules, you won. Congratulations, yeah, you won C-1 the top thirty-one. Six. Of course, woo. Good job. C-130 in the house. Yeah. Okay, here's a final question, just because I had it on the list. A famous character done by Clancy Brown that isn't the Kurgan, nor 
um, the cool guy from this? Zim. Sergeant Zim. Yeah, this is Zim. Private Zim by the end when he takes down uh, the brain bug. Right. He said, the only way you're going to see combat is to get yeah, your ass bug busted down. Busted down to private. Another famous character. By uh, you act like there's only one other one. There's so many. Well, pick yeah. the most famous. The guy from Earth, too, or whatever. The most called. famous beyond this. I'm gonna well, go ahead. To, that would have to be the Shawshank Redemption. I was so hoping you'd get it right, and you got it wrong, Brian Hurst. How about you, Lee? It was the guy from Earth, too. Yeah, I remember him, too. Now, what's wrong with you people? His name <laughs> is Mr. Crab. Ah, oh, boo, boo. Can I, can I smoke crack with you now, Ghost? He's been doing I... the same character for, like, 20 years. You think years. that Mr. Crab is a more iconic yeah. character than the, than the prison guard from Shawshank Redemption? 100%. Get your I head know. out of your ass. What are you, six years old? What about Earth 2? I mean, I don't uh, even, I never saw that show, but you mentioned it. This is only Earth 2. Fuck you, people. Guys, He's still doing it. It's still pulling my whole appear- I'm pulling my is whole that- appearance on this show. Is that light bulb that you smoke the crack out of like an LED light bulb? Because I just want to know for my health. Now, to be fair, I want to say this. I have tremendous respect for voice actors. And Clancy Brown made a great living for himself by having a great voice. He's the ama- I, I already said earlier, he's my Lex Luthor. So I won't take that away from him. But I'm just saying Mr. Crab is not a more iconic character in the realm of the whole world, not including people who have had to watch Spongebob with their he kids. He is. He's more... He's more... That's a good... He's more renowned than any of the other voice acting things he's done. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know about that. Ghost, you're, you're a drunk cunt. I yeah, am, I, but I also... That's drunk talk I, right there, baby. That's I super... No, say the word cunt. No, we say the word cunt on here. It's... We've got an English cast on. We can say that. Hunt. Actually, uh, yeah, one of the investors in our, our show is a uh, British gentleman who uh, reviews movies. And he'd approve probably of Lee saying cut. But I would, never, oh, yeah. I, would, I would never utter the word. Because you're still married. Yes. Well, not, that's, <laughs> not, that's not all it is. Whatever. All right. I, 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 I was married. I don't care. Man, Mr. Brian Hurst. That was fun as shit. We definitely got a little bit drunk, but we also talked about one of the coolest movies. You disagreed with me about uh, Clancy Brown. (laughs) I'll live. Uh, It's all right. Like, you know, we can still be friends. I still enjoy being on the show. I still want to come back and do Total Recall. It's coming. Um, other films. I don't want to wear out my welcome, though. You know what I mean? I want to still. I want the flavor to stay sweet. I don't want to overdo it. But exactly, uh, exactly. I, there's plenty of choices, though. So. Yeah, I'm not offended. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, guys. I mean, I really do think this was perfect. Uh, again, congratulations, Mr. Hurst. You won the top six. Lee, as Woo! always. You lose. I, know <laughs> I feel like I'm Willy Wonka, and I, I have to like, like fucking snatch the everlasting, uh, everlasting gobstopper out of your hand. Stop on me. Yeah, it's always like it's always like I was put here to speak, not to read. You know, that's that's for the guest. I don't think I don't think I've ever defeated a guest. I've never defeated a guest on the on the questions. You know what? I don't think you honestly try. But also, actually, of <laughs> all guests, Brian, you are a. Uh, a badass about cinema. Thank you so much, Brian, uh, for being back on, uh, talking about a great Verhoeven film. Uh, really fun. What are you doing these days? Uh, I know DVD bunker, anything else? Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's listening to this can check me out on the, uh, the tough channel on YouTube. That's T U F F. I do a show, almost every week sometimes we get a little stumble you know it's hard you know we all got lives we're doing this as a hobby you know we're doing it on the side so but uh i got new episodes coming out almost every week and we're talking a lot of movies that people don't remember and people haven't heard of and that's okay because that's kind of the point of the show so you know that's why i want people to check it out even if you haven't seen the movie we try to make it so there's stuff to to kind of be interested in and uh we're having a really good time you can follow me at twitter uh at herskillies on twitter oh i maybe i've been drinking a little bit too yeah (laughs) no problem uh you know in particular one of the ones that you did not too long ago was uh 
Is it called Tune In? I love John Ritter. Stay yeah. tuned. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. Stay tuned. Stay that's tuned. one of our yeah. earlier episodes. We're up. Yeah, that's actually a little while ago now. Uh, My favorite is still the one where you do the uh, uh, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. And I never thought about gritting it out. You know, I never thought about it as like an epic scene, but you and your buddy were like, this is the most epic thing, Renate out. And you guys kept... Oh, it's so good. The fist pump after he gets that Yeah, I'm just like, dude, I've never thought about it, but like grenades are like the greatest thing ever. They're heavy as shit, but they're fucking awesome. And I was just like, like, yeah. I'm a big Dolph Lundgren fan, and that's just an amazing Dolph moment that just needs to get out there for people to see. (laughs) He's so so good at Universal Soldier. He's so Uh, great at that. He's really great a lot of things. Kind of that's my favorite DVD bunker of all time, by far. Um, uh, my Our episode on uh, Eastern Condors, I think, is going to pick up in Asia now. It's got, like, the most views. So <laughs> I think we're going to become international stars off that one. <laughs> yeah. Jack Chan, yeah. Oh, man. We we have a podcast coming next week. Uh, it's with – there's a gentleman named Michael Worth, and he is actually yeah. – um, I think right now he's in. No, I think he's in, in late, Hong Kong. Late November, yeah, he's going to Hong Kong, and he is making a documentary film about Bruce exploitation films. So all and the he's also Bruce Lai, Bruce Lee. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, he's of all the Bruce Lee, of all the Bruce Lee students that are still alive. So he goes <laughs> Jeet Kune Do, and he's also an actor and a film voice actor. The guy's like fucking. The guy. Yeah, that's the guy who obviously was into the dvd craze of the mid early to mid 2000s you know that i had yeah. many collections that had some bruce lies uh, you know movies yeah. on them and stuff because like You're... the five dollar dvd bins were filled with old jackie chan movies that had no licensing rights and right. all, all these like knockoffs exactly. and shit dude you've totally got it so this is your guy right here yeah this guy, so, he's so that, gonna make a documentary out of those that guys. will come one after Yo, this this particular podcast is going to come one after that one, so it's already in the past. This will already have aired. Oh, we're living oh, yeah. in the future. You were I bet I really future. enjoyed it. I bet I did. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, seriously fun movie, and uh, thanks everyone for listening, and until next time.